When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Cricket Podcast. I think it was a disgraceful performance, and I think it should never be permitted to happen again. everyone and welcome to the cricket podcast today we're going to be going over all the big cricket news from the last week england have announced their squad for the new zealand series the sandpaper scandal it's back it's i'm so excited that we get to talk about sandpaper again and i'm afraid to say boys ab de villiers has decided to officially 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 for the last time ever 100 percent this time call it a day in international cricket um, then a little bit later in the show, we're going to talk about our World Test Championship dream team. Um, but before we get to the news, we should introduce ourselves, shouldn't we? Uh, I'm Jack Hope. Um, hello, everyone. I'm with Ross Legg. How are you doing, Ross? Uh, nice to be back. It's weird not doing daily shows. Like not doing one for a week has felt, uh, I don't know, like an absence. So uh, I'm glad we're back. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 been um, it's been difficult not 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 doing this every day. Uh, and we're here with Max Roe Brown uh, as usual. How are you doing, Max Roe Brown? Hello. Yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm a little disappointed at how the weather's been behaving lately. That's been getting in the way of some cricket that I wanted to play. Well, uh, I'm sorry to hear about that. Um, there was there was quite a funny incident, wasn't there, Ross? Uh, yesterday we we were supposed to have an eight aside match. Um, and there was lightning across London, so our league sent round the lightning rule, which did not include, if there's lightning, cancel the cricket match. <laughs> so, yeah, um, and every other bit on there, run for cover, don't go stand near other people, <laughs> don't wear a metal hat. Like There's all kinds of stuff on there, which, uh, yeah, just, just say, if there is a thunderstorm, probably don't play cricket. Yeah, that's what he needed. Um, we have a question of the week. We have a question of the week. Um, Ross, this is actually inspired by one of our listeners. 
uh, Sandy. Uh, he asked uh, thoughts on Ross or thoughts from Ross on Harry Kane leaving Spurs. We're going we're to twist that and we're going to make it about cricket. Um, with Harry Kane leaving Spurs, Ross, obviously you're devastated. Uh, if we apply the same concept to cricket, if a cricketer, any cricketer, were to decide they're going to hand in their transfer request to cricket and leave the sport of cricket, um, who, who would you be most upset to see go, Ross? So I think this is a difficult one because uh, now, now obviously we've uh, started watching the IPL for two minutes and think we're experts. So like um, <laughs> people who've watched it for 15 years and still think Sonil Gavaskar would make a good T20 player. Um, I, I think uh, I'll be pretty sad to actually see some of those players actually go. Like the likes of someone like Kieran Pollard, the likes of Andre Russell, the likes of Chris Gale. Actually, those kind of guys actually leaving the sport is probably going to be quite quite big because I've actually loved the rise of T20 cricket I think it's actually made the sport better I think it's made it more accessible it's made it more exciting as well um, and I think it's also added kind of I don't know it's, it's ensured that test cricket kind of upped its game as well so um, yeah I think th- those kind of big name players are going to be quite sad to see go um, but the biggest one is Johnny Bairstow like when he goes ultimately it's going to be something that we're going to lose a lot of content on that part like there there is a piece where he is going to be in every england team from now until he's 45 um it's going to be a sad day for the podcast max he hasn't done to you what he's done to me has he <laughs> yes yes he has <laughs> i cannot believe it I cannot believe it. Um, well, okay, so I'll, I'll pivot quickly. Um, obviously, uh, Johnny Bairstow leaving would be a, a huge disappointment for all of those reasons that you say, Ross. Um, but actually, his partner in crime at the top of the order for Sunrisers Hyderabad, I would also be very sorry to see go because every great production needs a pantomime villain, and David Warner provides the perfect pantomime villain for cricket with his general sort of aura of being a an, an average bloke um the the leading the you know the sandpaper stories back and let's let's face it apparently he was the man who uh, who instigated it all and also you know we can't forget the the terrible antipodean moustache that he still sports so um for all those reasons he makes the perfect pantomime villain and any any theatrical production would be worse off for for losing such a, a good focal point of of anger so there's mine i mean honestly i just You've got to say, David, what you did actually say his name, did you? Yes, I did. Yeah, oh, did you? Okay, so, I, I can't. I still can't look past Bearstow. Um I just, I just think he's the gift that keeps on giving, isn't he? Like he, <laughs> you know, he gets an annual go in the Test arena. It's always a disaster. People find it hilarious. We get to talk about how bad England are at selecting players, and it's yeah, like it's it's, it's probably three to five hours of content. On a six-monthly cycle, Johnny Bairstow in the Test Test arena, and that's that's difficult. It's difficult to produce content in in cricket. Um, we've there's been two weeks without any cricket I really want to watch or anything anything going on uh, at, at, at sort of the top level. And um, look, we're 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 filling the time with Johnny Bairstow. We're literally doing it right now. So you've got that. But then on the flip side of that, you you've also got. Um, you know, one of England's all-time great ODI batters, if not the greatest, uh, doing his thing. And that will have to come to an end at some point. And it will be really sad um, when it does. So, I, you know, I can't... On the fly, I can't come up with anyone better and, and, and actually, you know, honestly mean it. It is, it is Johnny Bairstow. Johnny, I'd be devastated if Johnny Bairstow handed in a transfer request and decided to go and play squash. Or uh, what, he, what would he even do if he wasn't a cricketer? 
I don't know, but whatever it was, he'd get picked for England. <laughs> right. Um, do we have any messages for our listeners, Ross Leg? Uh, yeah, I need to sort my hair out. Though. This is an absolute travesty on on, on here. Um, yes, we are now sponsored by Woodstock Cricket, and if you need a cricket bat, you should go to their website. Uh, Max has been doing some videos in the background for them that will be released very shortly. Um, so hurry up and get that done, Max. Um, I think there is a piece where we need to encourage people to follow and subscribe to the Cricket Pod um, on YouTube, and also follow us at the Cricket Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, Max, is your finger in a splint? There. Oh yeah. Well, uh, that's that, a message. Is that, is that is that a cricket related injury or what's happening there? Yeah, that was that was uh, that was from that first game of the season. That you I, I played. Yeah. In well, the middle of the listener messages, this is when you decide to do it. The last thing you need to know is that you can head over to Patreon and you can give to the cricket podcast directly. We've moved from six to seven. Woo. In the last week, we're slowly getting, you know, 10 is our target. 10 is our target. That's a, Help that's us a 17% gain. That, yeah, no, exactly. So let's have a smaller than 17% gain. Go from 7 to 8 next week. Be the hero. Uh, and, you know, subscribe to us on different platforms. Be a cross format player. Be over on Spotify. Player, nice. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I like that. And you should like this video. Do it. Do it now. <laughs> Do all of these things. <laughs> we will take a quick break and then we will be back with uh, the cricket news. Welcome back, everyone. It's it's the cricket news segment, um, the lesser seen cricket news segment. And like when we were doing daily podcasts, um, the we were actually a bit too fast for the news at this, that point. Um, now now we have to react and react we shall. Uh, shall we start with England's test squad for New Zealand? That seems like the biggest news in the world of cricket, Max. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's fair enough, and it precedes probably the. Uh... The uh, well, the most the most important cricket that is coming up soon with the uh, the World Test Championship on the horizon. But before that, England taking on New Zealand in a two test series, and uh, unfortunately, there aren't that many surprises in the squad. So uh, we will we'll just have to have to make do with what we've been given. But the uh, the big news, obviously, is that uh, Jofra Archer's elbow is not better. Uh, so he played for Sussex, bowled a bit in the first innings, didn't come back for the second innings, and. Uh, and has been officially ruled out of the the series while uh, they go away and have a look at his elbow and possibly look at um, a surg- surgical remedy. So that's that's bad news for for everyone, and uh, but may maybe good news for someone someone else in the England I squad. Be, I'd be sad if Joffrey Archer handed in a transfer request to cricket. Actually, um, yeah. I, I feel like there's a lot more to to, to come from Joffrey and this elbow well, injury. Absolutely, it's really holding just, him up. Only just scratched the surface of Joffrey. Yeah. Um, do we know anything else about the injury? Have they, or is it still a secret injury? As far as I know, it's still a very secretive elbow injury. Perhaps he's been playing too much tennis in the uh, in his off time. I don't know. 
But yeah, well, that's, what's, that's what's, what's the rules of like getting like carbon fibre joints as a as a cricketer? Is is there a bit there where they've moved? Well, like having your bones replaced. Yeah, like, is is there is there a bit like where they've now they've now gone into that world where like, they can make a better thing? So they actually they could improve Jofra. They could save his elbow and actually make him faster. Is is that, that bionic? Like, bionic. Yeah, is, is that? But like, it's, it's still it's still under the skin. So is that is that still is that allowed in in cricket? Like, because you're not allowed a carbon fibre bat. But no one's ever said anything about a carbon fibre ball and socket joint in your elbow or whatever it might be. Good question, Ross. How, hinge, how hinge good joint. would the Terminator be at cricket? Yeah. Would Pretty carbon fibre be a better ball and socket joint than... Yeah. That's, that's a better than organic matter, though. No. Probably, probably we need to answer that before we go to the Terminator question. But ultimately, that's what Ross is asking: is would yeah. the Terminator Ross, be good at cricket? Um, well, Ross, that's your that's your homework. Why don't you go away and have a look and see what the future is for bionic cricketers? Uh, in, uh, in the meantime, in the present day, we'll go back to go back to the England squad. So no Joffrey Archer, and as we already knew, the IPL England IPL contingent will not be featuring as they rest from their. Uh, not now a bubble, but team environment. That's very important. We must uh, remember that it's now called a team environment. Um, so that means we get to see James Bracey and Ollie Robinson come into the squad, potentially earning their first caps, and Craig Overton comes back in, having featured four times for England previously, and the rest is all very much as you would expect and unchanged from what we've seen before. So as I said, no real surprises. Um, but... Sibley, Sibley was the other doubt, so he had a, had a broken finger. He's, he's in the squad. He's got a couple of games coming up with Warwickshire with the potential to uh, to show that he's he's fine to play. So given that we've got Sibley back and um, pretty much, you know, aside from Archer, the bowling contingent, Wood, Stone, Anderson, Broad are all in there. Uh, Ross, I mean, do you see any or many of uh, of Bracey, Robinson and, and Craig Overton getting a, getting a sniff in, in the side? Um, I hope I hope so because I mean two two test series in general are pointless. Like this is absolutely ridiculous. So they're kind of like this isn't a B team from England, but it's not an A team, is it? Like, there's there's a couple of uh, our best players missing. Um, I think New Zealand um, will try to treat it as importantly as possible, but I'm not really sure who's actually going to get a look in. I think if you put in the likes of Rory Burns, you put in Dom Sibley, you're going to put in Zach Crawley. I think that's going to, that's what they want their top three to be. James Bracey is a good understudy. Jack, question? You said this about Mo and Ali for the Sri Lanka and India tour. You kept saying, why would you take Mo and Ali if they're not going to play him? And then they just didn't play him. <laughs> and then they played him once and they sent him home. And then they brought him back for the ODIs. And you were like, or the T20s, and you were like, why would you take him if you're not going to play him? And they didn't a, play him. So there's I, a key I'm difference calling... now, Jack. <laughs> key difference now is that the, the big brain Ed Smith is no longer in the picture. Maybe. Um, so what you're saying is, is that logically, like, we, we need to reevaluate what we're talking about here. So it just needs to be a case of uh, Ed Smith's gone. With a, a new, Chris Silverwood is in play, right? Well, I, I, yeah, I, I, we don't. This is a good point. So, England, for people who haven't been paying attention, um, have fired their head of selectors. I mean, I don't think they said that exactly, but they did. They fired Ed Smith. Yeah. And <laughs> now the coach, I believe, or the coach and captain combined, or maybe the director of cricket, uh, maybe James Taylor's scout, but I, I think they've said the, co- the coach will, well, effectively be responsible and accountable for picking the England squad as well as picking the final 11. So, yeah, Ross, I guess um, the... The the thing to remember, I mean, obviously the the, the wild card factor with, with Ed Smith was that we we don't really know um, 
how much of a say he had in, in picking the final level. But I, I, I sort of don't know if, if, if it wasn't just being picked by Chris Silverwood anyway before. So, um, you didn't really ask a question, and I've rambled about something else. Well, I've, but I, I've, got, I've got a thing here, Jack. So do you think... So I'm going to deflect Max's one. So the people who could come into that side, with Wokes, with Stokes, kind of both being out, actually England's all-rounder lineup actually means this is quite an imbalanced side, potentially. So I think there could be a route in for someone like Craig Overton, who's actually a pretty lower... Quite a handy lower-order batsman. He's probably not an all-rounder, but he's no mug with a bat. Or England just going to go with a really long tail in Broad, Anderson, Leach, and what? Ollie Robinson? Well, I think Ollie Robinson can bat. So in my in my pretend team, uh, <laughs> I had Ollie Robinson. He he averages twenty odd in first class cricket, which is acceptable. Uh, might be a bit low for a number eight, but like I don't. I I, I feel my view is that we kind of know what we're going to get from Craig Overton, um, and it's a little bit like you know a slightly worse right armed Sam Curran. <laughs> so where's where's the really big upside there? Um, we know we you know as soon as Wokes is available that that place in the side is gone, or, or if Curran's available, that place in the side is gone. Um, do you want to test your third string number eight seeming all rounder, or do you want to try someone who might feature because their bowling talent alone is good enough? And Robinson's numbers, like in first class cricket, are off the charts. They're like the best in the world. Mm-hmm. It's 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 only. Only England, partly because their selection is sometimes a bit mystical, uh, and partly because Broad and Anderson hold down two of the the seeming spots. Yeah. Only in England would he not have had a go. And I think you kind of get the opportunity now to play a guy. You know, maybe his batting average could be slightly better in first class cricket. If it was twenty five instead of twenty, he'd be he'd be nailed on to play instead of Overton. But I feel like it's the coward's way out to pick. Craig Overton. And for that reason, he probably will play. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, and for that reason, that is probably what will, what will happen. I'd, I'd really like to see Ollie Robinson in the side. I think it's, uh, yeah, pretty unfortunate that he's not had a go yet. They've been, you know, we've we've been around the around the revolving door of people coming in and bowling bowling seam in, in England and playing a test or two. And uh, I think the fact that he hasn't had a go is... Uh, unfortunate on his part. So I think it would be nice to see uh, an, an unproven quantity at test level get a chance aside from someone we've seen before and we know is, you know, okay. Um, the uh, the only other thing that I sort of had to, to highlight was uh, around the spinners. So there's only, only Jack Leach has been picked as a spinner in that squad, um, which to me suggests they may not even bother, especially with what you said, Ross, about England's side being much more unbalanced now with the absence of Stokes, Wokes and Curran. Um, you know, uh, that that does leave a bit of a, a gap in uh, in the lower order batting. So do you think we might just go Seamers and allow Root and Lawrence to, to chuck down some part-time pie to make up the numbers? I, I think it's a pretty, there's a pretty horrible statement about Joe Root's golden arm bowling. And I mean, Dan Lawrence <laughs> is a pretty hand. I think he's a pretty handy off-spinner, actually. But yeah, not as good as... Uh, we are. I think, yeah, I'll be... Uh... Where, 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 are the, where are the games being played? Is it at Hampshire? So the first is at Lords and the second is at Edgbaston. Yeah. I could, you could easily see England just going all-out seam at, at, at Lords. 
I can see that happening as well. And it would be it would be like, what did England learn from the summer or the 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 spring? Have been absolutely dominated spinning conditions. That the, the first thing you do is <laughs> drop your spinner. Like that, that would be that up. would be absolutely vintage England. I don't think they should do it. Uh, I think they should probably pick Leach. And I don't really see how um, not playing a spinner rebalances the side, other than. Like maybe it it allows Craig Overton in for for a different reason, but again it goes back to that point. It's like really, what is Craig Overton offering England? Like what, an insurance what, policy to an insurance policy is, yeah. is 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 effectively what he what he is. Um, and so I, and I think Leach, you know, took twenty seven wickets in India or something like that, didn't he? It was it was a, it was a good one of England's best players, I think. On yeah. The tour. Um, but there also comes back to the question, the age-old question, Anderson and Broad, are they going to play together? I mean, you've got Mark Wood and Ollie Stone who are out-and-out out pacers. Joffre Archer is out of the side. Are they going to try and play a bit of a blitzer in in that bowling lineup, Max? Uh, I I don't think so. I think it'll be... Prob- it might be Wood in one and Stone in the other. I think it all depends... It depends for me on how much importance England place on this series. And I think... For New Zealand, they'll come at it, uh, yeah, like you said, they'll be treating it qu- quite importantly because it's pretty much for them. It's uh, the run-up to the World Test Championship final, so they're going to be wanting to get their best side out and, and get them ready for, for that game against India. For, from an England point of view, like you say, it's two tests. Um, half of the half of the first team aren't, aren't around, and, uh, and, you know, we, we've got an opportunity to look at some new people. It's a question of whether we decide to go and mix things up a bit or... Just, just once again, drag people on to let them sit in the team environment for uh, for a month, and then send them packing back home, while all the counties go. Well, they could have been playing for us. <laughs> well, I'm I'm yeah. just upset there's not been a left field selection. I miss the days when Jason Roy was good. I'm going to bat six nations. <laughs> I miss I miss those kind of things. Well, I'm disappointed um, that Parkinson's not in there again. Well, I don't, I don't. But he definitely wasn't going to play. He wasn't going to jump no. Leach. Like so. And they're not going to play two spinners at Lords in June, so he, he there's there's no space for him. Anderson was in the Guardian this week saying that he's going to play forever. Did you read that? Um, he he I don't think he set limits on it, but he compared what he does to Tom Brady. And I think Tom Brady's forty five this year. Obviously, won the Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, that's what seven more years of James Anderson. Uh, Jared Kimber was talking about this. He said if England can keep him bowling more than about eighty-three miles an hour, then that actually could happen. What do you reckon? I, I don't know this, but like, what do you reckon is the 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 scope to keep um, Jimmy bowling at eighty-three miles an hour? I and mean, presumably, you can't use him away from home. Like maybe it's you could uh, just use him as the home bowler, couldn't you, Max? Maybe it's carbon fiber joint replacements. <laughs> Maybe that's, maybe that's what we need. Yeah, yeah. Um, it'll be interesting. I'm sure he'll give it a go. He seems very determined to carry on. But I do. Yeah, think... and there'll be there'll be many more unfortunate uh, county players missing out on their spot in the England squad as well, as Anderson rolls into his 67th year in an England England <laughs> shirt, taking his 1,300th wicket. If you're talking purely about using him as like a home bowler or a bowler for home, maybe South Africa. Maybe New Zealand. Then I think maybe maybe West Indies. Then I think it, it you know in theory could work. But but what is the 
in a sense, the end game. Do you just keep going with that? Like, because he's it's not just... going to be, he's not going to be like, oh, don't worry about taking me to Australia. I doubt. Anyway, maybe he is. Maybe he would have that discussion. But it's, it's not really viable to take an 83 mile an hour bowler to, to the whacker where it doesn't swing. <laughs> Is no. it? Well, I I, th- I think it's one of those. It's, it's like a rite of passage. Like his best mate Graham Swan got to retire in disgrace in the middle of a <laughs> game, pretty much. So maybe maybe it is a case of going. I want to go out like that in a like a complete bla- blaze of steaming turds. So that's what the way he wants to go out in. Sure. Um, I think that's sort of England covered. I'm sure, well, I, I imagine at some point we'll talk about England again. Um, yeah, we can probably do a preview, can't we? Closer yeah, to the time. Milk it for all it's worth. Shall we talk <laughs> about the sandpaper scandal? Because I, I, I was worried that we weren't ever going to be able to talk about this again, Ross. Uh, no, it is, it is the gift that keeps on giving. The, uh, the, the most one of the most pointless things in the world. Like everybody in the history of cri- like Test cricket, I think. But if you're a bottler, most teams have kind of uh, what's the word tampered with the ball in whether it's a legal way or an illegal way. Like it's just that's just what has happened. I think is my kind of take on it. Um, nobody in this side thought that Cameron Bancroft, David Warner, and Steve Smith were the only people who knew what was going on. Um, and Cameron Bancroft, as uh, who was banned for nine months as a he was a pretty junior person in the side, it was a pretty harsh thing for him. I think, uh, but he spoke to the Guardian this week and said that um, it's pretty self-explanatory that all the bowlers pretty much knew what was happening. <laughs> and to me. That, that that does a number of number of different things. One is absolutely hilarious. Two, <laughs> two, throwing your teammates under the bus like that because you're a bit pissed off or like you maybe didn't make a team or something like that. I just think it's brilliant. And the fact that uh, Josh Hazelwood, Mitchell Stark, uh, Pat Cummins, and Nathan Lyon have released a joint statement together <laughs> saying he's lying is just. Oh, for an England fan, that is just for an India fan, for any team who doesn't like uh, doesn't like Australia. They must be absolutely lapping this up because it's another like just embarrassing saga in a pretty pointless one. Would you agree? Yeah, I'd agree with that. I like the bit where Australia or the Cricket Australia um, released a statement saying they'd contacted Cameron Bancroft because he might have new information on the incident. It was as though, like, <laughs> what he just discovered that the bowlers knew, or, or what, what? What did they think was going on there? Uh, it's. They're an absolute um, bunch of charlatans. Everybody knows that that everybody knew. And everybody knows that the investigation was a bit of a farce. And everyone knows that the the bans they handed out were ridiculous. It's it's miraculous that they've managed to string this along for so so long, to be honest. And um, I don't think there's, there's a resolution in the future. So I, this, I, so I think this is a good bit. So, Max, can you think of anything that uh, where someone has committed so much to an action that they can't go back on, kind of like in a poli- politics kind of vibe that is similar to what this is? That it, it, at some point it just becomes increasingly funny of how wrong that decision was. But they have to completely buy into what's happened. Can you think of any situation like that? Oh, well, I think um, at the moment there seems to be uh, the uh, the fact that England decided not to close the borders to India when all the COVID was going on. And now they're saying that the reason they didn't close the border was because the data suggested that the uh, that India was better than... India was safer than Pakistan and Bangladesh. And then people found the data and said that that's not true. And uh, they're still still carrying on saying that uh, that what they said was... Uh, 
was in, was in fact the truth. So um, you know that's Straight just one, one little one there. You know, I'd little... have gone with like Bill Clinton and the blowjob, but nah. <laughs> No, straight, I'm thinking straight, contem- out de- straight out of the death I'm, train with Max. I'm thinking it? contemporary. <laughs> I'm thinking contemporary. I want, you know, we've, we've got uh, we've got to try and take down our our overlords in this country before we uh, before we start looking at things that happened in the past. Could have gone with Richard Nixon and Watergate as well. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, Trump. It's a Trump's a good one. Yeah, yeah Brexit. Yeah. Brexit's another one. Yeah. <laughs> No, I've gone niche. I, I fully accept that I've gone niche. It is recent, though. Well done, Matt. P- P- Peter Odenwingy turning up um, on transfer <laughs> deadline day. Um, that's probably another one that he's committed to. Couldn't go back after that, could he? But this, this is the bit. I think that Cricket Australia went so overboard with what they tried to achieve and tried to kind of salvage from a PR point of view that it is it's beyond repair and it's just hilarious that it keeps coming. Like it, Every now and again, just rears its ugly head again. It's brilliant. Yeah, Jeff Lemon did a tweet on this and it, it was quite good and I think sums it up pretty well. Uh, so Jeff Lemon said, This resurrection of the sandpaper story is comical, really. Every part of it we already knew. The investigation was superficial. The idea that no one had tampered uh, before wasn't credible. And Cricket Australia actively avoided finding out any more than it had to. And that basically is what happened. And I think, because of the way they, they handled that, Jerry, he wrote a really good book on it, by the way, uh, Steve Smith's Men. And because of the way they've handled it, Cricket Australia, they're just exposed to this constant drip, drip, drip <laughs> on this issue for as long as it goes on. It's it's every time someone says who should be the next Australian captain, they have to have a debate about sandpaper. Every time Cameron Bancroft, you know, does an interview with anyone, they have to talk about sandpaper. Every time someone talks about Mitchell Stark's bowling figures before and after that point, have to talk about sandpaper. It's um, it's if they if they'd sorted the problem out properly in the first place, uh, maybe we wouldn't have to, but they didn't, and it is funny. Yeah, I, I can I can see it actually meaning that Steve Smith doesn't get the captaincy. I think there is a bit where they they just might not be able to take the shame of it, and it will have to go to Pat Cummins. But if it comes out that Pat Cummins is all about it, then it'd be like, oh, we're just going to have to give it to back to Smithy, aren't we? We're going to have to give it back to Smudger. So maybe that's maybe that's the long game. Maybe that's what they're going for. It's yeah. all it's all part of an arch plan to uh, to get Smith back uh, back in as, as captain. And then they have to ban all the bowlers just in time for the Ashes. That'd be good. That would be good. Uh, but no no doubt Dougie Bollinger would come back in and get in and out. Uh, Peter Siddle would rise from the grave. And... Uh, anyway, shall we uh, shall we move on to our World Test Championship 11? Or have we got uh, we've got to, to talk about De Villiers. De Villiers oh, was the last yes. piece of news. Um, so De Villiers, uh, if you've been living under a rock, has had a chat with Mark Boucher, the head coach of South Africa's men's team. Uh, obviously, um, and uh, it, he has come to the conclusion, and this was his statement, that once and for all, his retirement will remain final. Um, I, for one, look forward to the speculation about his return before the 2022 World Cup. Before we get <laughs> into that, um, are you surprised that De Villiers won't be back for for the well near future for the for this year's T20 World Cup backs? I'm a, I'm a little bit actually because just the way he was performing in um, in the IPL while while it was while it was going on and yeah just just showing that he absolutely still has all of the attributes to be the best T20 cricketer in the world and the fact that not very long ago he publicly said that he's perfectly happy to come back and be the Messiah I, I thought it was all uh, it was all set in stone for him to come back and make a, a starring role for South Africa in the World Cup but. Uh, um, 
yeah, I guess he's uh, more interested in um, more interested in the uh, domestic side of things now. So, again, like you say, we'll just have to wait till next year for it to come back around. But I think ultimately, it's probably for the best for South Africa and uh, and their ability to move on and uh, and build a squad for the future. I can't put my finger on whether he's an ignorant, selfish prick or he's just <laughs> misun- he's just mis- he's just a bit misunderstood and kind of just like, look, I don't actually need to do it. Like, I'm not. Is he just? Is it just a case of being really self-absorbed, liking all the attention and taking that starlight away from kind of the up-and-coming players of South Africa, or is or was it a genuine thing of going? Actually, c- could I come back here and have a bit of a swan song and kind of go out on like? Well, it could well have been glorious. They don't have an awful team, and he's incredible. Jack, what do you think on that? Oh, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. It's a tough one to say. So I was going to compare the whole situation to Kevin Peterson's end of career with with England, um, but not really from the, the point of view of, of whether it's selfish or not. Um, I, 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 I was going to say that the temptation from South African cricket, as it was with England in what two thousand fourteen or whatever it was. Um, has to be pretty strong. Like you've seen the guy perform at the highest level. He's still going to go around the world performing at, you know, pretty much the highest level. Uh, he's eligible. He's made noise about wanting to play for you. And it's about, it's effectively at this point, from a South African cricket point of view, um, it's about whether they want to deal with the headache of him coming in and out of the side and being a little bit disruptive. And well, so it's suppose, probably a better distraction than what's going on at the moment, isn't it? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like, what, what do you say to Rassi van der Dusen? Sorry, mate. Like, well played the last couple of years, but because uh, de Villiers is back and because we've got a quota system, you're done. You're not coming to the World Cup. That's, that's effectively the call. Something like that is the decision they would have to make. And is that fair? Is, is, is de Villiers being selfish by talking about that? Um, I, I think it's probably not fair on Rassi van der Dusen um, to not that it would necessarily be him, but on whoever it was that's in that team that gets kicked out for for de Villiers, um, and it, and it might actually be a little bit selfish from de Villiers. On the other hand, uh, if you if you truly wanted to put the best South African side out there from all the eligible players, he he would he would be certainly in that team. If you wanted to put the the world best eleven out there, he'd he'd be in that team. Like if you wanted to put the best T Twenty batter out there, he'd be the guy you put out there probably. So it's it's like it's obviously super complex. And from his point of view, I mean, like you do wonder: had it been now, had he been in Faf Duplessis shoes, for instance, would he have continued as a T Twenty player for South Africa? Um, I think quite possibly he would have, but maybe the option wasn't available in two thousand and fourteen when he retired. Uh, what for the first time to only continue in one format? Um, so I, I, it's you know, it's 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 and not it's not a super easy situation, is it? No, I agree with that, and I think there could be the opposite of what I said in terms of the selfless act of it. There might have been like, do you know what? I would have loved to come back for play for South Africa, but actually, the likes of Rassi van der Dusen or that because they deserve their shot, kind of thing. It might have just been there might have been that. It's not come out and said that, right? Yeah, that's true. We don't we don't know what the discussion was, um, do we? No. Uh, I do think it's it's probably good if you're a fan of the IPL though. Um, Jared Kimber wrote a really good article on him. Um, again, there's two mentions for Jared Kimber in the show. Yeah, uh, he wrote he, he wrote a really good article on him in the, on ESPN's website, uh, talking about how the way you know De Villiers has effectively managed the last third, last half of his career 
uh, has meant that he's just got so much less wear and tear on his body versus some of the other players knocking around the IPL uh, and some of the other players in sport. I think he was comparing it to how, you know, well, actually, he was doing like a big cross-sport comparison. It was really a really interesting read. But I think, you know, De Villiers at 37, I thought probably the best batter in the, the IPL this year. I mean, Pollard had that innings, didn't he, which was pretty astonishing. And a couple of other guys looked good. But just the way the Villiers mastered Chennai sort of set him apart from everyone else. Um, so I think we could be in for that for a few more years, which which is pretty exciting, um, yeah, you have yeah. to say. And he'll he'll prove that longevity is something that you can do um, when you don't just kind of continue to demote yourself down the order and hide away from <laughs> people involving him quickly. But, um, we'll All right, um, lads, should we take a quick break and then we're going to come back with our World Test Championship 11. Uh, that's going to be a player from every single team in the World Test Championship and two from the, the two teams that made the final. Uh, I think that'll be quite good fun. So, uh, see you in two minutes. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Cricket Podcast. Just a reminder that you can find us on social media at the Cricket Pod. Uh, we're sponsored by Woodstock Cricket, which you can buy your cricket bat and cricket bat equipment from. Uh, Ross, how's your season going with the old Woodstock? Smashed it, mate. Absolutely smashed it. Poor it's- bowlers. <laughs> It's, it's been painful um, for for people who want Ross to fail. Uh, it's been very good for everyone else. Uh, <laughs> and you can head over to Patreon. All this stuff's in the show notes uh, and sign up to be a Patreon. We're on, we've moved from six to seven. We're creeping towards that ten. Wouldn't it be great if we hit a boundary this week, moved up to 11 Ooh. for the next show? It's too much to ask probably, isn't it? But we're, we're starting to feel settled at the crease. Um, this... <laughs> part of the show we thanks to Adash who contacted us on Twitter he basically asked us to do a combined World 11 um, we didn't want to do that so we changed it and we decided we would do a combined World Test Championship 11 so the way this is going to work the Cricket Podcast boys me Jack Max and Ross are going to operate as a selection panel um, we are going to pick one player from each nation in the World Test Championship uh, and two from New Zealand and India to make up an 11. And we've decided that Rashid Khan will be the 12th man. Uh, he wasn't eligible for the <laughs> World Test Championship, but uh, it's a little bit harsh that that he wasn't, basically. So he's 12th man. Um, and we're, we're going to see what we come up with. We've not compared notes at all, so this could be the worst cricket team in terms of structure of all time, or it could be pretty good. Um, boys, do you understand what we're doing here? Uh, I, th- I think so. I, th- I think there is a bit where I mean I've only picked three players because I, I thought we we we've done like kind of we, we've kind of done it as Jack has got the first one is from Australia, Max has got the second one from Bangladesh, yes. I've got the third one from the thing. So so it is a mismatch. We've not seen each other's um, selection or anything like that. So what I'm looking forward to is what this Frankenstein looks like. It could bat deep. <laughs> <laughs> it could not bat at all. Um, are we ready then? So, so first up, uh, we started. So we did this alphabetically. Then we forgot Pakistan, so they're not alphabetically in order as well. <laughs> uh, so, starting with Australia, I, uh, I, I said I kick this off. Um, I'm just going to throw it out there. I've gone with Pat Cummins uh, as my World Test Championship 11 first pick. The the man representing Australia. Uh, through the course of the World Test Championship, he took 70 wickets. That's the most of anyone at an average of 21. He's the top ranked bowler in the world. According to the ICC, he's the top 
No, he's fifth top-ranked bowler ever at the moment, or recently. Not No idea how they've worked that out, but but that is, that's pretty impressive. Um, I think, you know, Pat Cummins, what's particularly special about him is that he basically dominates from first change. So he's not, he's not like James Anderson, getting the new ball, bowling, doing the easy bit. He's coming on, on terrible wickets in Australia, really boring pitches, bowling first change, smacking it in just back of a length. No one really knows how he gets the wicket. Uh, Crick Viz said his expected bowling average was like 28, uh, that says more about Crick Viz than uh, Pat Cummins, I think. And I thought I'd get that dig in when I could. <laughs> um, he's been fantastic. I've really enjoyed watching Pat Cummins bowl over the last two years. It's 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 been a treat. Um, the interesting thing about this, uh, one of the interesting things about this, is he's managed to get to the 70 wickets by just being immensely consistent, picking up wickets in, in basically every innings he bowls in. He has only taken one fifer throughout the course of the tournament so far, which is pretty astonishing. Um, he, finally, he does have a pretty good bowling contingent around him, did he? Who are going to steal, steal the wickets? Right. It's, it's, right. it's, it's not like Murley, who's got like Shaminda Vass, and that's about it. Well, no, it isn't like the man who took the most wickets of all time. Um, I'll, I'll grant you that. But <laughs> it's not his fault that Hazelwood exists, is it? <laughs> no, I wasn't He's... blaming the other. <laughs> well, it sounded like you were. No, uh, he, he was. Could... He was explaining the lack of fifers. He was supporting. Oh, Pat oh I see. Okay, okay. I thought you were like oh, they've been softened up. You do. You do have to question though. Uh, how, yeah, how many of those wickets came pre-sandpaper? That's the. Well, none of them because the World Test Championship. <laughs> Fucking hell! What's going on here? No, I mean, like you were talking about the 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 uh, his overall performance hey but max Probably might be suggesting right. max might be suggesting that just because david warner steve smith and bancroft <laughs> doesn't mean the sandpaper stopped that's what max might be suggesting i don't know what max is suggesting um it could the australian representative as well it could have been manus labashane he scored 1675 runs at an average of 72 which was miles ahead of everyone else uh, but he's really annoying um and i wish that he had been hogpiled by andrew simons um that would have been good. <laughs> Any right. questions about Pat Cummins or the decision-making process that I came that, that I that I went through to to, to pick up Patty Postman Pat, the cum no, the, dog. No, the only thing I is uneerie about Pat Cummins is how much he looks like Glenn McGrath. Like I just find it very disconcerting when I look at him. Yeah, that's it. Right, Bangladesh, Max. Yeah, um, it's pretty tough to uh, you know pick something out of the team that came very very bottom in the World <laughs> Test Championship, but. Uh, there, there are a couple. There are a couple of players that are, are worthy of a mention, and I was leaning towards Mominal um, Hack because he, uh, well, he he was the only only Bangladeshi player to to make two centuries in the World Test Championship. He's the he was the f- first Bangladeshi, um, and I think only to ever make uh, ten centuries in Test cricket. And um, since he became captain, he's also uh, you know it's not not affected his batting either. He's looks like a looked like a very uh, accomplished player in that role but he um he's sort of more of a, a number four and i was thinking you know i'm thinking of balance for the side right as a selector i'm trying to i'm trying to second guess what might be coming <laughs> and with people like uh joe root virat Kohli, kane williams and manus labashane around i don't want to be blocking up a, a spot well, one on of them's already gone <laughs> with nominal hack and now you're going with Pat Cohen's. I'm a little worried that maybe I should have done. But um, I, I've I've gone I've gone for for Tammy McBall instead because the world is a bit light on uh, on quality openers at the moment, and he is 
he's an assured presence at the top, and he had a, a pretty good World Test Championship um, for for Bangladesh. He, he averaged forty six. Um, didn't quite make a, a century, but uh, but ne- never mind. Not many of them did <laughs> in in m- many of their games. And yeah, he's he's been he's been quality for Bangladesh for for a number of years. He's a he's a class act and. Um, and uh, and a very uh, steady influence at the top of the order. So, with uh, with a solid performance in in the games that he's played this the in, in this sort of um, what do they call it? This rotation of the World Championship. Um, yeah, Tammy McWell gets gets my slot. I think that's acceptable. Very very good selection from you. Good a good thought process that you went through to, to team to player pick an opener as well. Um, I've got no <laughs> questions about that Bangladesh choice. That's who I'd have gone with. Nicely done, Max. Uh, England. Yes, Ross. This was a, this was quite challenging um, because uh, Don Bess picked up thirty-three <laughs> wickets in, uh, in this period, uh, which is more than uh, Wagner and Yassir Shah. So uh, that's not uh, must not be uh, too detrimental to old uh, young Don Bess. He will be back. Old um, young Don Bess, as he's as he's now known. <laughs> um, I was impressed with a number of people, but I thought that Joe Root. Um, ultimately stat padded against a worse opposition in uh, the World Test Championship and uh, I'm going to have to say that 200 odd <laughs> yeah I'm going to have to say that Stuart Broad actually deserves the, the the nod here the fact that he was kind of left out the fact that he's recently come out and be like boss didn't like me I didn't really like him and just kind of his all-round demeanor throughout the World Test Championship has uh, proven that Stuart Broad is a box office cricketer he is very annoying when he does the but that's what uh, that's what that's what you get when you take sixty nine wickets um, in in what seventeen matches I think he played. So uh, yeah, the the nod goes to Stuart Broad. I think that's a good choice, Ross. Um, I, I I just think for for last summer's histrionics when he wasn't picked for the first test, uh, cried on TV, not literally cried, but, but you know, cried to the man on TV. <laughs> Then got picked for the subsequent five tests and absolutely destroyed everyone that came <laughs> up against him. Uh, he deserves to be just for that. It was. Um, it's been. A, it's been a good couple of years for Stuart Broad. I think that's a, a very good chance. Wasn't he only a wicket behind Pat Cummins as well in the in the cycle? He gets sixty nine or something like that. Yeah, he uh, was. I, th- I think what, what is what is also good about Broad is that. Um, the fact that he's going to not reinvented himself as a bowler, but changed his bowling line, changed his bowling action, changed the way he was approaching cricket, has kind of uh, elongated his career. And actually, at the moment in the in the in the county championship, he's bowling some of the best cricket he's he's played in that. So, um, uh, looking forward to this summer and seeing how he uh, how he comes across and uh, takes loads more wickets against India. Uh, well, yeah, it would be good for the series, I think, if you did. Uh, I have India as the fourth team on the alphabetical list of World Test Championship teams. Um, their first pick, because they get two as as finalists for this um, this tournament, is Ravi Ashwin. Um, I don't think you can really look past him as India's best player in, in the last couple of years. Uh, and obviously, the recent memory of his bowling verse England is seared into our minds he was fantastic um over the cycle he took 67 wickets in 13 matches which is pretty good going at a bowling average of 20.8 um which is good I would say if I was a test cricketer and I was a bowler that's something like what I would aim for I reckon um (laughs) I think um, the best case you can make for him, though, just to compare him to, to 
sort of, or just to sort of, you know, put into perspective how good he was, is that on the list of most wickets on in the in the in the World Test Championship, he sits third. A place below him is Nathan Lyon in fourth. And I, I think you'd probably say, at the moment, they're the two top off spinners in world cricket. And I think you know when we look back on this era of cricket, um, Ashwin, you know, he'll be the king. But people will, you know, have a nod to to Nathan Lyon. They'll say he was good. Um, there's a massive gulf in terms of the performance between the two, though, despite the fact they sit next to each other on the on the on the wickets list. Uh, Ashwin took 67 wickets, Lyon 56. Uh, Ashwin's bowling average, as I said, was 20.8. Lyon's 31.3, uh, and in Ashwin's strike rate is more than 20 points better than uh, Lyon's as well. So you know, if you're going to compare apples with apples, um, Ashwin is a pretty fine apple. Um, <laughs> is what I'd say about that. So Ravi Ashwin, um, I don't think there's much debate that he's been India's top guy for this World Test Championship cycle. I think the numbers speak for themselves, don't they? And I think we we just love watching him play, right? There, there is a bit <clears throat> when we were playing against England. Yes, some of the England fans might turn around and be like, "The pitches were a disgrace." Um, but there's also a bit where the guy has the ball on a string and just kind of can do whatever he likes with it, and it's just yeah, an absolute pleasure to watch. Maxi, New Zealand. Yeah, um, so it would uh, be quite easy, and um, maybe you would say also quite correct to just say Kane Williamson and uh, and then move on. But uh, I think that would be a little unfair to Carl Jameson, who, um, although perhaps uh, a home turf bully, he took thirty six wickets, an average of thirteen point two seven in the uh, in the World Test Championship which is obviously quite good. And uh, along with that, he uh, he had four or five wicket hauls and he only played six games. So uh, you can see the impact he's had on those. He's basically just torn people to shreds whenever they've come up against him and uh, and, and done it done it very handily. And, uh, you know, just to, just to back that up, he's... Um, Scored some pretty useful lower order runs as well, and managed to managed to end the end his World Test Championship with an average of uh, over fifty five, thanks to a, a couple of not outs. So um, he, uh, he he's had a bit of a, a a bit of a fun time. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, if this Cole Jameson um, is uh, equally adept at um, exploiting the English conditions. But certainly uh, for his performances in New Zealand, uh, I I just I couldn't I couldn't overlook him. He was. Uh, he was imperious uh, at home, and um, that does leave us with quite a uh, a long looking bowling lineup. Yeah, out I was going to say so, so far we've got Tamim Iqbal and four bowlers. Um, yeah, <laughs> so let's see. I how mean, I mean, I mean, to be fair, Cummins, Ashwin, and Jameson can hold a bat. I mean, they'd be they'd be a pretty good uh, eight, nine, ten. What are you saying about Stuart Broad? Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> he's a good number eleven. Uh, that's. Um, that's uh, that's good. I mean, it's hard. Kyle Jameson was really good, wasn't he? I mean, I, I do think Williamson is better, but I can understand within the remit of the World Test Championship uh, thing yeah. that we're talking about. They played a similar number of games, and Jameson really did tear it up. Uh, I'm interested to see what he does when he finally plays away from home. I do, mm. I do think that's you know always a bit of an advantage if you're a bowler, unless you're a flank and pace bowler, and then it's then it's hell. Um, <laughs> Ross, South Africa. I mean, I, I'm just staggered that Max has left out a guy who got three Test centuries and has averaged 57 with the bat, and he's the, oh, cap- a, and he's the captain of the World another, Test Championship finalists. 
There's another slot, Ross. Oh, there is another <laughs> slot. There is. Um, so, which who am I doing now? I'm doing You're, South Africa. South Africa. Um, so, I was going to add in kind of a, another bowler here in uh, Nokia, who I think has actually come into Test cricket actually quite well, and actually has impressed since his kind of international debut. Really, I think, especially in the last couple of years. Um, but I love a battling batsman. I love someone who will rather wear the ball kind of on the shoulder and on the chest and just really take hits for the team. And uh, there's no man who personifies that more than Dean Elgar. Um, I'm not sure it's because of his lack of technique or it's just or, or his eyesight. I'm not actually sure on that one. But the guy is a... That's a sorry legend you're talking about there. It, be, be careful. But he's a proper like, old school kind of opening batsman. He he knows how to stick around. He knows the kind of like, limit, limits of his game and then therefore knows the strengths of his game. And having someone like that at the top of the order with um, Iqbal, I think that's, that's, a, that's a good opening duo there. Yeah, he's got the kind of home. You know that episode of The Simpsons where Homer Simpson becomes a boxer, and um, yeah, just the, the Rocky, getting, the Rocky style. Yeah, yeah, keeps getting punched until eventually the other guy's out of gas. That's that's kind of the approach that Dean Elgar's bringing to to opening the batting in international Test cricket, isn't it? It's yeah, you know, if I soak this up for long enough, eventually I'll still be there and you'll be tired. Um, so yeah, I'm it's happy like the to- Joe Denley role, except uh, Joe Denley doesn't plan to be there to exploit it. Yes. Oh. No, that, that's that's a good point. Um, so that, that Dean Elkins a good good addition. Sorry, Ross. Yeah, what, what I do think is that South Africa have been pretty disappointing in the last couple yeah. of years. Like, they, like they, a lot of their players actually haven't fired or they haven't been available. And well, I think the fact that you've had to pick Dean Elgar kind of sums that up. Yeah, well, they, and they've got box office players, right? And I think it is. It's, I mean, it's testament to Dean Elgar, Max, of uh, so <laughs> as you say, sorry, Vain, to, to be in that position. But um, yeah, they're, they're big name players of. But because of all the stuff that's going on behind the scenes, it must be really difficult to play for South Africa at the moment. And uh, hopefully, we see um, something resolved there. I mean, you'd imagine so. I mean, there's, there's, it does seem like their squad is better or more competitive than some of the cricket they played. I mean, they, but their, their tour of Pakistan recently, they just went and rolled over. Basically, it was, <laughs> it wasn't great to watch. Um, as a, as a neutral uh, Sri Lanka I've got Sri Lanka they're a little bit similar to South Africa in that it was pretty easy so um, I've gone with Dimuth Karunaratna their uh, opening batter and captain as well so now we've got a problem at the top of the order um, in the World Test Championship there were only two players in the top 10 run scorers that weren't from the big four Karunaratna was one for a point can any of you guess the other Barazam it was Babrazam, but Karuna Ratna was a couple of places above him. He scored 999 runs at an average of over 50. Sure, um, he absolutely did pump his stats against Bangladesh recently, um, but that's that's what that's what Bangladesh are for in some respects. <laughs> isn't it? If you're a if you're a, if you're a Sri Lankan batter, that's you know Sangakara made a legend based on pumping his stats against um, Bangladesh. So uh, he's just doing what great men have done before him. Now, the only other serious contender, I thought, was uh, Dick Weller, um, who is their exciting wicketkeeper batter. But we do need um, a bat. Uh, we do need a wicketkeeper. He, I, I think, Karuna Ratner's you know recent scores probably tipped him over the edge. So I'm going to stick with that. And the next team is West Indies. Right, that's the Max. West Indies. Yes, yeah. the uh, the alphabetically out of place West Indies. <laughs> um, so for me. I mean, having having been through the the squad and their performances, they're 
There is only one man that you could possibly pick, and that is Jason Holder. He was their third top run scorer, their third top wicket taker. He's one of the world's best test all-rounders, and uh, he's quite an enjoyable man to watch playing cricket as well. He's got a he's, he's a he's a cracking character. He's uh, he's um, just uh, just makes makes things a bit more interesting just by being there, and. Um, and I just can't really say that anyone really challenged his place. I mean, there were a few sort of ind- good individual performances at times from uh, from players. I think um, it was uh, Mayers was was one, but he only played that uh, that one one or two games. Um, and I think jo- uh, Josh De Silva is it? He looked looked quite good in the few games that he played, but again, he he didn't play that many. And I think uh, Jason Holder really. Um, knits the West Indies side together, so it had to be him from my point of view. I mean, not that I necessarily disagree with that, but Craig Brathwaite um, did, you know, step into the captaincy role pretty well. He's not a yeah. shout, isn't he? He only averaged like 30, though. It's not oh, great, no. is it? Opening the batting, that's better than some. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than some, but it's not good for the world's best 11, Jack. <laughs> a- a- average like 30, 39.7. But yeah. Um... <laughs> it's in the 30s, Dude, it's good get, enough. Get Rakeem Bauble in there, mate. That's the uh, thing. Okay, well, I'll accept that. I mean, Jason Holder, you know, he is pretty good at cricket, as you say, Max. Uh, Ross, you get Pakistan, which is always a treat. Yeah, oh, Pakistan is is yeah. I uh, so I love Pakistan. Like, uh, there is no there is no team out there who offers so much um, kind of uh, deviation from the mean. Like there, there, you just have no idea what you're going to get. They are a lottery <laughs> of a team. Um, and I think that there's a couple of players who people call it like Shaheen Afridi has been brilliant since coming onto the scene, and his left arm Yorkers are brilliant to watch. Um, Babar Azam has hit century after century and is probably better than Virat Kohli right now. Um, uh, and I think, but there's a player for me that really um, I don't know, encapsulates why I like cricket and has encapsulated uh, when we are watching it. There is always a moment of enjoy- enjoyability out of it, and that is Mohammed Rizwan, who is behind. We've got the, a wicketkeeper. We've got a wicketkeeper. Well done, Ross. Uh, it's it's coming together. I, I just I just think from watching him like, against England, and there is just a there's just something about him. There is a bit where he en- clearly enjoys what he's doing, but then again, also a proper fighter, and also is a great hitter of the uh, of the cricket ball. So um, yeah, he, I think he's got a deserved place in there, but. Oh, absolutely. I think that's a really good shout. And like you say, maybe not the first person you'd think of when you think Pakistan cricket right now, but the way he you know, stood in as captain in New Zealand, I know they lost the series and then you know nearly fired the coach and did the whole Pakistan thing. But he stood out um, above pretty much everyone there, with maybe the exception of Fawad Alam, who, um, who literally stood out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, he, he he led the team really well. He made sure they battled, and there were a couple of times when he like, nearly salvaged draws that um, you know he wasn't able to, but sort of batted all day and that kind of thing uh, to to really make New Zealand struggle for the World Test Championship points that finally got them to the to, to the to the final. Yeah, I think a, I think there is an important element of cricket when you need and sport in general that you need to be able to at least see not not yourself but actually the level of cricket you play at in some of these players and that level of enjoyment all that kind of there's no way a Max you're even remotely as close to Mohammed Rizwan but when you play you remind me of him so um, that's that's maybe why I like him so much. Oh, 
Well, interesting. Well, thanks, thanks, Ross. Interesting <laughs> and weird. Um, yeah. Right, so, last... so that leaves that's two spots, isn't it? Two that's spots two left. spots. And At this two... juncture, we're close to an actual coherent we team. We are here. quite close. So we've what, got. What have we got? So we've got Tammy McBell. And this is in order of how I would play them, not in order of when we pick them. Tammy McBell, Dean Elgar, Dimuth Karuna Ratner, Jason Holder, Mohamed Rizwan, Patty Cummins, Ashwin, Kyle Jameson, Stuart Broad. That's balance. We've got an all rounder, we've got four bowlers, <laughs> wicketkeeper, two openers, one of them can bat number three. Um, New Zealand and India, they get an extra pick each because they're the big boys. The BCCI in the final. wrote to us and said they needed to have another player. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted they wanted both extra picks. We had to negotiate and say, well, you haven't actually won the final yet, so we're going to put a Kiwi in. Um, this is a really boring choice. I've got, I've got the New Zealand one, and Ross is going to finish us off with India. This is a really boring choice. Uh, I've gone with Kane Williamson. Uh, Ross, as you sort of pointed out, it is quite hard to argue with someone who scored 800 runs at an average of 58. Um, if you basically think about it like this, if he had played as many games as Joe Root, he'd have scored 2,000 runs in this World Test Championship cycle. He just scored 420 more runs than than Joe Root, and Joe Root is second on the list. Had a pretty good, well, like pretty good cycle. If you would particularly run really at the end, but like you know, he's not gonna he's not gonna turn down 1600 runs. Um, that's how good Kane Williamson was, though. He would have scored 400 more than than Root if it had been equal. Um, basically, we need a bit more cricket for New Zealand, I think, to see some more of Williamson. It's a shame that we don't, um, but I am glad that we get two tests in England coming up, and I am glad that they're in the World Test Championship final because uh, I think it'll be really interesting watching him play against the Indian bowlers uh, at Southampton in a well about four weeks' time now, isn't it? Five weeks' time. Uh, so he's in, and that mm-hmm. that bolsters the batting, and it leaves our final selection, Ross, down to you. Um, it's all on you, Ross. Yep. So there's the obviously some Indian. big names here, and we've got uh, quite we, we, we've got quite uh, quite a big Indian contingent, and um, this I, I can't win in this situation. You've already picked Ravi Ashwin. Good, uh, you, you did well to put the pressure on me at the end. I think it was respectable, <laughs> commendable for the podcast. In fact, um, should it be Rohit Sharma? Should it be Virat Kohli? Does Rahane have a shout? Does Pujara have a shout? All of these great players, but Virat Kohli has not hit a century. In for I've hit a century more recently than Virat Kohli has, um, which says all you need to know. Um, and I think actually over the course of the World Test Championship, it is their bowling lineup that has got them to the World Test Championship final. And there's been no one. Uh, they've obviously hunted in packs, which I think is great. And we've had great performances from Shami, great performances from Bumrah, and even Siraj and um, <coughs> Old Thakur, who's who stepped in. Um, but Ishant Sharma, I can't get away from away from him. He seems like he's been around forever. Um, every single time I think of him, I think of the long flowing hair and him getting Alistair Cook out. Um, but he took 36 wickets, at an average of 17. Um, like and that is pretty good going um, for that, and I don't. And he's done it like around the world, so I think he's a shan charmer for me. That's a bold choice, and it does sort of somewhat unbalance the side, to be honest, Ross. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I can see the logic behind it. Uh, the only, I mean, the only thing I would have said is, and it, I don't know if it would have been a wild card, but Rahani's um, World Test Championship is better than some people give him credit for. I think. 1,000 runs at an average of 43. Uh, and obviously that series away in Australia will 
basically people will remember him as a legend forever because of the way he led India in those those final three matches, including that century that started the turnaround. Uh, what was that at the MCG? Well, so, so, so we're thinking about the balance of the side, and we, we, this we've we've got to put this to uh, we've got to put this to the uh, put this to the masses. Is, is there a bit where Rahane needs? Have we got too many bowlers? Is that what we've ended up with? I mean, we probably like, do, but you've said like, Ishant Sharma now, and that's we have to live with that. This is how Ed Smith would select his team. This is how we have to select this team. So I'm just saying that I uh, Rahane, you know, he gets an honourable mention. Uh, as we said, um, our twelfth man is Rashid Khan, who. Um, you know, can't make it. But that leaves us with a team uh, roughly in order of how I think they would play. Tammy McBell, Dean Elgar, Karuna Ratner, Kane Williamson, Jason Holder, Mohamed Rizwan, Pat Cummins, Ravi Ashwin, Kyle Jameson, Stuart Broad and Ishan Sharma. That's, it's not too bad. It's a, it's a, it's a bowler too heavy. Jason, Jason Holder's got about five or Rizwan's got about five. But I reckon you could, you know, Take Kyle Jameson or Cummins to the nets with the bat, get them averaging 30, sacrifice a bit with the ball, and you'd have a pretty serviceable 11 there. So well done, boys. Um, Shall we remind everyone where to find us quickly before we wrap up the show, Ross? Uh, yes, uh, you should find us at the Cricket Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And if you've watched this video, you should like it and leave some comments. So, because we're not doing this live, we can't see all your questions, and no doubt I will get pelters for saying that. Um, uh, Babrazam is better than Kohli and Kohli doesn't even got a look into this scene and wouldn't have done he was like maybe fourth choice on my list so uh... and that's exactly <laughs> why you said it so <laughs> um, great um, don't fall for his tricks at the cricket pod at the cricket pod at the cricket pod uh, and in the show notes Patreon and our sponsor Woodstock um, we'll be back later Sports Social Podcast Network Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.